Come on, Toad Lickers. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Christmas week edition of MHL Potting in the Corner. We'll have, uh, I guess, a week nine review on the MHL and a week 17 and 18 week review in the MPL. Both very weird weeks with all the COVID stuff, um, but we'll, uh, we'll try and get through it. And since it's Christmas, maybe we'll sprinkle in some Christmas music along the way. So with that, let's go. seems to be the go-to beer for uh, your brewery too i noticed a few of the guys said that yeah it, I'll try that is that uh, uh sierra beer never. is that sierra nevada yeah yeah and they, 
Oh my God, Glenn, that is what I've been drinking down here all freaking week. <laughs> yeah. Cigar exactly. City Highlight, yeah. Yeah. That's another good one for sure. Pat, you getting some golfing? <laughs> I, I guess I was just telling these guys, I, no, I'm not. I, uh, I've been coming down to this tournament, running this tournament from the PNC side for 10 years, almost 10 years, and I have uh, never, one, never been in the pool at this resort, and two, I've never played the golf course. Hmm. What, what course is it? We're at uh, Grand Lakes, Orlando, the Ritz-Carlton Golf Club at Grand Lakes, Orlando. Oh, nice. I don't think I played that one, but... If you if you turn on golf, the golf yes. channel right now, they're showing the replay. Okay. Yeah. But this is one that Tiger and Charlie were in. So what you're saying is you're really not paying any attention to this podcast. You're watching a golf tournament that you've already seen. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Pat, who won? I Like, I don't care. I'm not going to watch it because I care about who won, but who won? I will tell you this, and maybe you can guess. It is PNC legal and compliance's worst nightmare. <laughs> oh, John Daly and his son. John Daly and his son. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> How did Tiger look? Though? Did Tiger look like he was able to sort of even play at any uh, level? Uh, oh my God! Yeah, they uh, they played great um, today. They actually had tied for the best round uh, of the day today. They shot fifty-seven, ran off a string of eleven straight birdies. What's amazing is uh, that it, it's um, a scramble. Just so it's a scramble between okay. the two of them. Just so you know, but yeah, um, ran off string eleven straight birdies. He he was limping around. He has a, a noticeable limp, um, and he may have that you know for the rest of his life. For all I know, yeah. um, but he he can still hit the ball. He was hitting his irons were good. Um, you know, Charlie gets an advantage off the tees because he's only fourteen or whatever it is. Um, so they were using a lot of his tee shots. Um, but yeah, Tiger can still putt and he can still have his iron game. What's okay. amazing is that John Daly's name actually made the podcast before you brought it up, Pat. Check this out. The Philadelphia floppers made no moves this week. I also told John Daly to tell that Rhodes guy that the name Brie de la Fontaine sucks. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. So you were paying attention to Pat's uh, Pat's text earlier. I hang on every text. Very well done. <laughs> Especially Sunday afternoon from potential material. That is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we talk a little hockey? Let me, uh, we can. I don't know. Uh, my, <laughs> I don't know if we want to. I don't That's know if, how many of our players actually played last week. Oh, well, you know what, Pat. Pat, we can hang our hat on, you know, and it's a minimal hat hang, but I think we finished second last week. Not this week, but last week, I think we finished second in points. Yeah. Bring pa ra pa pum pum. Too late before the king pa ra pa pum pum. Ra pa pum pum. Ra 
But we can't even be bad enough to finish last in points to win anyway. I know. I know. Like, if we're going to be bad, we should be really bad. Yeah, you did finish. You only, you only missed the money two weeks ago by like 0. 0.4. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It would have yeah. been better for the Murph fund if you just got that extra half a point. Yeah. But So this week, uh, Kip wins the money, so that's good for the Murph fund. And uh, the floppers come in second on a really, really weird week, right? And Jack, I don't know if you've done any analysis of this, but doesn't it seem like points are a lot lower this season? Mm. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at, uh, you know, where, well, we can do that, I suppose. Um, if we look at yeah, the standing. So, so, so Dave is the leading team in. Um, at 264. At 264 after nine weeks. Yeah. Let's see. Well, last year is such a bizarre one. We can't really go by last year. Yeah, maybe do 19, yeah. And I don't think I can. So the we leading can't team. go by week. Yeah. Right, but you have to divide it. We're almost halfway there. Right. So the team, yeah, so at 500 was what uh, the leading teams are 501. It was Dave. <laughs> yeah. Um, after uh, 2019. So that's two, it's, you know, so that would be 250. At week 10 on average, right? So, yeah. So they're up a little bit. That's the goalies, I would think. Yeah, kind of right around there, huh? Yeah, That's so crazy. it's higher. It seems like it's so much lower. That's just your team, Mike. <laughs> Dude, but hold on. Look at our division. I'm the leading team, or I'm. Uh, Pat and I have the leading team in our division <laughs> in terms of points. And we're last. Oh, I like that catch there. <laughs> we might be sellers, though. I don't know, Pat. We need to talk. Are you guys just taking it easy on Brett because he's new? It's in first place. Yeah. He's, he's, maybe that's what you know, you're taking it easy when Brett's playing because he, you know, he's new. He looks like he's looks like he's undefeated. Yeah, he's undefeated, yeah. right? We haven't played him yet. He's, he thinks this is an easy league now. He's got something coming. Does he uh, Does he know about, like, the protection of players and stuff like that? No, not – we haven't gotten <laughs> into – like, honestly, we haven't gotten into that detail. In fact, the first week that he was able to run the team, he's like, yeah, I was, he's, I was so confused. I was trying to go in and say, Monday I want to play these – these players Tuesday want to go to these players. I'm like, no, dude, it's once you, you set it Sunday and that's it. He's like, Oh my God, I love that. Well, you, you might want to, want to check with him. I mean, not that I think it makes a big difference now, but I saw that he dropped Lafreniere. And so, but I don't know what kind of season he's having and whether he's a protectable player. Cause I don't, I don't think he'll, I don't know how old is he? Is he 20 or 21 now? Yeah. I thought Lafreniere, uh, you know, that's a great question. he, Either way, 
either way, it's a good it's a good point to make for him. Cause yeah, because he he's go. once he starts dropping, you know, you know, yeah. you just don't want him to drop somebody. Especially, yeah. I don't know if he's got any other young guys. I think Ralph left that team with some pretty young guys, as I recall. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um, I'll actually text him right now. Well, well Hughes. Jeff Carter is definitely not young. No, definitely not. No, I guess Hughes would be the only young guy, and I don't think he's young enough to qualify at the 20-year-old. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Jesper Brad is. but um. So we, we know a – it's a funny story. Jack Hughes, we know a good friend of ours. Their uh, daughter actually dated him for a little bit. So he's definitely not in the Curtis Brown camp. That's good to know. <laughs> So uh, looking at the uh, standings there, I was uh, I was struck by the fact that Jason rattled off four straight wins to start the year, and now he's lost five in a row. Um, and to make matters worse for him, he's playing his dad in his football playoffs and was getting drubbed last time I looked. So <clears throat> no joy in uh, freezer burn land. And, and for the record, Pat, I'm sorry, uh, Jack, if you want to go back up to the top, uh, I, I did say this earlier via text, but uh, Dave is managing a phenomenal team. They're number one across the board, number one power ranking. So congratulations, uh, Cheesy Pat. So explain that, please, because I had no idea what that meant. Well, Brie is Cheese and okay. Matt LaFontaine, oh, so all right. All right, Cheesy Pat. Well, you're really kissing his ass now. Uh, well, it's it's well deserved because I was hammering him earlier. Like any, he was. I think he had fewer points than the last place team at some point, and he was three and zero. And I was giving him shit for it, but now they, they've he's delivered. So it's all about it's all about points on the board. So Glenn, you had a tough loss to the floppers. Yeah, it wasn't pretty weak. Yeah, I, I had a brutal loss to the Cobains. It might keep me alive, but pretense of a point. I think I left I left a ton of, because both my wings lost all their games to COVID. So I left 12, 16 points among my other two, or no, 17 points among my other two wings on the bench. Um, just was a killer. Yeah, it was, t- it was a tough week. <laughs> a lot of games got pushed or canceled. Well, that was the weird thing about last night. Usually Saturday night, you're thinking uh, every, almost every team is playing on a Saturday right. and you can make some, some make up some ground. And I don't think in our match, Pat, I don't think either of the teams scored one point or yeah. even had a player. No, yeah. Uh, we had, he had all three of his games got postponed and two of our three, I think got postponed. Yeah. So uh, Toronto no hockey had a big win. I guess we should, uh, Check in with him and see where he's at on the picks. I think he's at 70 already. And now, this week's Toronto No Hockey Transaction Tracker. And the count is now at 43. That's an increase of 11. TNH has increased its pace to 91 by the start of week 20. (laughs) The 74 over-under is getting blasted. Well above the over. Way over. (laughs) Way over. Yeah, we we undershot that over eleven over two weeks. It's, it was busy. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's yeah, his, it's I, almost an entire roster getting trans uh, changed over in two weeks. And we may have had two, one maybe. 
Should we take bets? Go to go to Toronto and hockey. Let's see. Let's take a bet on who's uh, who's getting dropped this week from him. <laughs> oh, he's got Ryan Johansson in the lineup. That's not a good good choice because I don't think they're playing any games. Yeah, there's a. I mean, I, I couldn't. It's hard to figure out who was. I mean, it did come the up with zero games. All their games down. Predators, okay, they lost all theirs now. So that's why I had to grab a goalie because they they shut all their games down. And I think even without games being shut down, there were still a lot of teams that only had one or two at the most this week. Yeah, the games are like so. Yeah, I saw you took uh, former San Diego goalie Anthony Stolarz. I did. Playing pretty well, so I I need I just needed a week. So, <laughs> so, a week so, so Gibson's hurt, I guess, huh? Yeah, he's got a lot of points in a short amount of time too. He hasn't played that much, but he had like thirty points, which is pretty decent for. Her. Goalie, that team's winning. It's weird. Johnny Baldwin, he was they were in town this last weekend. I say he's dropping, I say he's dropping Ryan Johansson at the end of this week or somewhere in the middle when he realizes he's not playing. I think uh, Pulley Arvey just went into uh, COVID protocols as well. Mm. Oh, there's a he's a dumpable candidate. Had a good night tonight, though. <laughs> he. Yeah, no, that's last week, I guess, huh? I said that's last, that's last yeah, week. I think yeah. he just went in today. Okay. Well, he he he's put him up on the trading block at least twice this season, if not more. Who's the Brat guy? Jay Brat. Finger from Jet or Jersey, Jersey, New Jersey. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever had a, ever had a Jesper in the league. Illness. <laughs> Pat, are you still going to games at all? Uh, I went. Um, I think we went to the Anaheim game, and we're scheduled to go on Tuesday uh, when we get back. When I get back, um, only but though only because it's eighties night, and Danielle likes eighties night. <laughs> there you go. I went to one because Kat gave me her tickets, so I was sitting down below. You're not using your tickets? No, no, we're gonna sit on them. Men's are up two to one. Heinen and uh, Bluger. Yep, and all those postpones. Toronto postponed. Nashville's postponed. Uh, Ottawa and Boston are postponed. That sucks. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. really all that psyched to see the empty arena in Montreal the other night. They're, yeah. re- they're reacting oh, very yeah. strongly. They went back to that? Yeah, when the Flyers played the yeah. Montreal the other night. I guess it was Friday night or Thursday night, whatever it was. They yeah. played, it was an empty arena. You should have seen it. We, God. We, we had a... Uh, a big like work event where we had people come in and we had some people from Canada come in and you just a difference <laughs> how scared they were as compared to the Americans. You know, the Americans yeah. are all hugging and fist bumping. Or, <laughs> these guys are like trying to stay a hundred miles away. <laughs> I, I think we're a week away from another, another shutdown of professional sports. Here's the thing. I don't know. You know, we don't need to get into this, I guess, but, it seems like we need to wait for Doctor Hogg before we delve in too deeply on the <laughs> COVID true, stuff. Yes. He's uh, he's probably leaving the emergency room right now after uh, intubating ten people. I say let it run, give Kip some overtime before he retires, <laughs> and get everybody infected, and we can uh, move forward. Well, since we're talking about Canada, maybe we should do at least we should be optimistic and do our French uh, lesson. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah, Got a yeah. couple new yeah. phrases. We oui, we. Oui. 
sure I do this right now. Meurs fetish the moon okay or to speak French with Mademoiselle Giselle. Où est le jardin de bière Where is the beer garden Où sont les toilettes Where are the bâtons Avez-vous une table de jeu de palais Do you have a chuffle boire ta belle David, qu'est-ce que tu bois Dev, what are you drinking Savez-vous s'il y en a cabine de meurtre proche Do you know if there are any murder cabin nearby si vous deviez en donner une appréciation entre 1 et 10, quel Michel t'es ne choix pas de Mossala à numéro 2 On a scale of one to tell, how would you rate Mike t'es not drafting Mossala at number 2 <laughs> Pouvez-vous nous aider à trouver un match de hockey sur glace Can you help us find a hockey game Est-ce le meilleur endroit pour la pêche sur glace Is this the best spot for ice fishing vous avez dit que l'hôpital était dans cette direction, n'est-ce pas You said the hospital was that direction, right Brie de la fontaine, bon ou mauvais Brie de la fontaine, good or bad So there we go. <laughs> the only one I didn't get the English part was the second one. Where are the bathrooms No, no, the second one of the new ones. Oh, the new ones. You said the hospital was that direction right uh, so. I, I assume that's a kip reference uh well sort of kind of um you know it's actually kind of a trip reference i think when um when the ninth war lefties went down hard and we were trying to get them to the hospital up in london we weren't really sure where to go yeah uh, so there's a there's a former trip or you know piece of that um And since we're staying, hopefully, on a, on a couple different lakes, uh, there maybe there's some ice up. Kip's trying to get in. Hold on a second. So I'm going to stop share and let him in. There we go. Uh, murder cabin one is the best one. <laughs> yeah, the murder cabin one's a good one. The most allow one's good, too. I like that one. But So we'll have to redo it for, for Kip. Hey, Kip, we just did our French lesson, so we'll have to re redo it for you. <laughs> uh, sounds good. What would we learn in French? So it's funny. I, I'm on this long thing I've got here. I learned in Murph, I can only do a thousand characters per soundbite. So I'm at like 997 with the three new ones. So. Où est le jardin de bière? Where is the beer garden? Où sont les toilettes? Where are the bâtons? Avez-vous une table de jeu de palais? Do you have a chuffle boire table? David, qu'est-ce que tu bois <laughs> Dev, what are you drinking Savez-vous s'il y en a cabine de meurtre proche Do you know if there are any murder cabin nearby Si vous deviez en donner une appréciation entre 1 et 10, quel Michel t'es ne choix pas de Mossala à numéro 2 On a scale of one to ten, how would you rate Mike t'es not drafting Mossala at number 2 Pouvez-vous nous aider à trouver un match de hockey sur glace Can you help us find a hockey game Est-ce le meilleur endroit pour la pêche sur glace Is this the best spot for ice fishing Vous avez dit que l'hôpital était dans cette direction, n'est-ce pas You said the hospital was that direction, right Brie de la fontaine, bon ou mauvais Brie de la fontaine, good or bad So there we go. There's our three new ones there at the bottom. 
Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's getting harder and harder to come up with phrases. Yeah. Well, cheers and Merry Christmas. Yeah, welcome to, to the uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. What are you drinking, Kip? Uh, so I am drinking a Cinderlands Incredible Sky. Yeah. The wet, the wet hop IPA. Yeah, yeah. Which one is that? The Cascade or the Centennial? It's Centennial hops. There you go. Perfect. Yep. We've done that hop, didn't we, Mike? Yeah, we did Centennial, right? Yeah, Centennial is a big hop, and that's the major hop profile of Bell's Two-Hearted, which is my favorite fucking beer. What what do they mean by wet hop? Wet hop is when they pull the hops right off of the bind. So hops come in binds. They grow 18, 20 feet up. And they pull the hop right off the bind and they, they're little flowers and they put the flowers right into a vessel and they take it straight to the brewery. And at the brewery, they put it right into the, uh, the brewing process. So rather than dry the hop out, pelletize it, storage it, then send it out, it's literally off the bind. So it has a little bit more of a vegetal flavor typically but it is it can it can only be brewed in the September to October time frame each year because that's when they uh, that's when they harvest hops. So that was a that was a special unplanned Mike T's hop because we weren't going to do a Mike T's hop today. Um, so thanks, Mike. Yeah, that's awesome. So Kip, congratulations! You won the money. Are you kidding me? No. That's thanks. Insane. Thanks for the Murph donation. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah, it's, this has been a really bad year for the Warhogs, but whatever. I'll take some cash. Yeah, 26.5 in a week with a bunch of canceled games. You must have had a – somebody did I'm well for you. That's probably the only reason I won is because I probably had all my players. Yeah, you only lost Kachuk. That was – which Kachuk? I don't know, whichever one. <laughs> so I had too many Kachuks on my team. The M Kachuk, the Calgary one, right? I get, I lose track of them. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, Calgary lost all their Calgary lost all their games. Hey, Mike, you were mentioning Bells. Did you hear Bells sold their brewery? They did, yeah. To the same parent company as New Belgium, if I recall correctly. Uh, so Kieran that, uh, the Japanese brewery owns a brewery in Australia called lion, little lion and little lion bought bells uh, a couple months ago. And so, yeah, it's now part of a big conglomerate, but, uh, as they usually say, Oh, they're free to do what they've been doing, you know, but that was one of those things where the, the, the founder, Larry Bell, he's 60, 65 years old. And he's like, I want to get out of this. And my yeah, daughter doesn't want. Yeah. The kids didn't want the business. I heard that. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, gotta, gotta make a, you know, gotta cash out on it. So we have a new feature, but before we get to it, I wanted to do a little hockey guy thing because I think this could be inspirational to us in terms of continuing to try to grow the podcast. So let's, let's do the hockey guy. 
this week's hockey wisdom from the hockey guy. Welcome back. All right, so I wanted to do something kind of fun for having passed 225,000 subscribers, which is insane. I still remember doing a video when I had 1,000. I remember doing a video when I had 2,000. And now here we are about five years later, and welcome. Five years, 225,000 subscribers. <sighs> we have a goal. We do. Yeah. That's impressive. Can you, can you get a buck per subscriber? Is that like, what's the going rate? Um, well, no, I think, well, it's about ad stuff, right? So as you, as you build your subscribers, then you get paid more for the ads that run on that YouTube throws on to the thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Yeah. They never reach out to us because our listenership's not quite big enough for them to <laughs> send a robo email out. <laughs> All right, so we have a really amazing new feature. Um, so um, he's got to be cheating. There's no doubt in my mind that guy's cheating. He's got some bot that's showing subscribers. I agree. Be that many people that want to watch his cast yeah. and talk about dry markers. Yeah, he's he's not that good. Well, you know, viewers and subscribers are different. I mean, subscribers, you actually have to click the button to subscribe on YouTube. So. It's, Don't you think you could you could do that? You could code that and just have a bot do that. Have you ever seen this guy? I think he's uh, yeah, coding. Well, he's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say we deserve uh, <laughs> subscribers either, but <laughs> do you think he he just cornered the name because the name is actually good? The hockey guy is like, come on, like boom, you got the name, and so maybe that's just it. He has a uh, parallel YouTube channel called The Entertainment Guy. Oh, God. Far fewer subscribers. I think uh, entertainment in Canada is so bad that this guy is actually good. <laughs> well, you know, he lives in um, Abbotsford, which uh, I, I got yeah, to watch. The yeah, I got to watch them. The Abbotsford Canucks completely dismantle the goals last Wednesday night. Um they're the, that's where that's where Vancouver moved their uh, AHL team from Utica to. Uh, all right, you ready for our, our, our big new feature? Yes. Welcome to Trust Me. This won't hurt at all with Dr. Hogg. This week, <laughs> Dr. Hogg will explain needle decompression for tension pneumothorax. Dr. Hogg, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, boys and girls, uh, this will be our educational moment of the podcast. Um, so, yeah, what the, our nice friend introduced us to is a, a nice um, life-saving technique that you should be trained in it to do it, but um, in a pinch, um, you know, you might be able to do it on your friend. If they're <laughs> You know, he knows he's never know. So um, the, the life-threatening condition is called tension pneumothorax. Um, does anybody know what a pneumothorax is? No. Okay. Nope. nope. That's so pneumo, maybe. Yeah. So, so pneumo is typically um, the term for air, and thorax is the chest cavity. So it would be air in the chest cavity. So... There's a couple of different things. There's, there's pneumothorax and there's tension pneumothorax. Um, 
So pneumothorax occurs when there's air that gets trapped inside the, the, the thorax, and typically not any air there. You have the lining of the lung, and it has what's called the pleura, and you have the lining of the chest wall, and that's another pleura. And usually there's just a little bit of fluid between those two walls. But if there's air gets in between those two pleuras, then it's called the pleural space, and it, it expands. Now, some people get a, a, a regular pneumothorax can be spontaneous. Usually it's trauma-related, but um, that air gets trapped in there. And if, if the air continues to expand within that space, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, almost like a balloon, and it starts to put pressure on the things in your chest that are important, like your heart, um, the other parts of the, you know, the, the body and stuff. So mainly the heart gets compressed and you can die very quickly with that. Some people can live with a pneumothorax without any problem. Uh, but a tension pneumothorax is, is definitely life-threatening. So the way to solve that problem is what's called needle decompression of the chest. And, kind of just like it sounds we take basically take a needle and stick it into the chest almost like popping a balloon and letting the air out <laughs> and that solves your tension part of the pneumothorax now you still have a pneumothorax and you have to do a definitive procedure to get that air out which would be a chest tube thoracostomy but that's for another day so we do have actually a nice little video to um go through this procedure. So if you do have to do it on your friend, um, you know how to do it. <laughs> Kip, Kip. Yes, sir. If I may, is this the procedure that you were concerned that the biker in South Dakota might need based on his condition? That's correct. Yes. So Anytime you have possible chest wall trauma, that's where you may have the possibility of a tension pneumothorax. So um, I've done three of these in my career, so it's not a very um, high-frequency event. Um, and uh, But it is one of those events that you can truly save a life because if you don't decompress that uh, pneumothorax, that tension pneumothorax, the patient will die. Um, mm -hmm. It just almost a hundred percent fatal. So it's a fairly e easy procedure. Once you see the video that, um, can really, you know, save a life. Kip, before we begin, can, can I ask what are the leading indicators of this that we would know whether it's a performance procedure or not? Yeah. So good question, Glenn. That's <laughs> an awesome question. So typically it's going to be trauma related that's the most common um so let's say you approach your friend who fell down was getting too close to the edge you know at at, at the um grand canyon and they kind of just go over a little bit and not really to the bottom but you, know, you get you, you get down there and they're, they're hurting pretty bad and they're having trouble breathing and you kind of listen to them you, if you had a stethoscope great if not you can just put their ear your ear to their chest. If you notice that maybe one side, there's no breath sounds at all. The other side, there sounds like good breath sounds. Um, that's a good indicator. They're having trouble breathing. Usually when it becomes a tension pneumothorax, they're going to get really, really trouble breathing to the point where they they may become unresponsive. You may see that 
their trachea may move to one side as the pressure starts to build up. Um, so if you do that, you know, just uh, find yourself a needle <laughs> and, and stick it in. <laughs> and, and we have a photo of uh, Dr. Kip in action in Badlands National Park right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what Mike was asking about. So, yeah. for, um, so for those of you who listen but don't want to jump on the podcast, there's going to there's photograph and there's going to be an amazing video coming here um, that uh, Dr. Dr. Hogg wanted us to see. So. We done with questions? We're ready to see the video? Yeah, any more questions? This is a great, great segment. I love this. I'm excited. I, I'm looking I want, forward to trying this with someone too. Okay, I want <laughs> tracheotomy next. To demonstrate how to do a needle decompression of the chest here today. This is used for trauma patients who have here, here a there. tension pneumothorax oh, primarily oh. or question of tension pneumothorax. You can't see that, huh? Nope. Hi, I'm going to demonstrate Better. how to do a needle decompression of the chest here today. This is used for trauma patients who have a tension pneumothorax primarily or question of tension pneumothorax. So you have to have a patient who is beginning to decompensate. Either you have an x-ray that shows you that they have the, the tension pneumo or you have clinical indications and you don't think that you can wait to get a chest x-ray. Now, the first question is, what do you use to needle the chest? The most important thing to do is to pick something that will reach into the thoracic cavity. And these days, a standard IV uh, starter site, like an 18-gauge gel co or something to that effect, is just not long enough. They tend to be one and a half to two inches long, and they may not completely reach into the chest. So what I recommend is actually something this size. It looks like a nail. It's a 10-gauge, four-inch catheter. The other advantage to this is that it is very... Very, that very same right stiff. And typically the smaller 18 gauge catheters or uh, smaller, even 16 gauge, once they go into the chest, they tend to bend. And so they lose their effectiveness almost as soon as they go into the chest. So we're going to switch sides here. And we have a uh, trauma man, so which is a demonstration unit here, and it shows the, the chest. Now, the optimal insertion site for this is the second intercostal space, and we will pretend that this patient has a right tension pneumothorax. So you've got the right side of the chest. What you should first do is just take one moment to splash some betadine or some other, other disinfecting solution onto the chest over the area. And then use your fingers to feel for the clavicle and then move down. You'll feel next will be the second rib right below that and the space, the soft spot right below that second rib will be the second intercostal space. And you will want to put that in the midclavicular line, which also tends to be where the nipple is as well. So it will be here and it's oriented with the nipple right here. So all you do is take the catheter and find your spot once it's sterilized and then push. Now you have to make sure that you're holding the catheter onto the hub. It's very easy at this point if you just push this where it'll start to slide off and bend. So you've got your spot, start to push. And then as soon as it enters the chest, you should get a great rush of air. And once you've got that, then it's time to slide the catheter off of the needle itself and leave it in the chest. Now, you will know that you've succeeded in two ways. One, um, 
you can see a huge gush of air come out of there. And a lot of times there will be some spray. So it is very important that you have your universal precautions on, have your face protected with a mask, uh, and your eyes shielded as well. The other way, the more definitive way to, to know that this has worked, is that the patient suddenly gets better. If they had a tension pneumothorax that was creating a uh, hypotension or other evidence of shock, then this will immediately take care of it. So that's how you do this. As soon as this goes in, however, your next step always has to be to follow it up with a chest tube. Uh, you have converted this tension pneumothorax to an open and potentially complete pneumothorax in this patient. So they are not going to be able to breathe using this side of their chest very well. So you now need to take a few moments to get set up and insert a chest tube. That is uh, the entire technique for needling the chest for needle decompression of a tension pneumothorax. Very simple. See? <laughs> so I have a question, Kip. Let's yes. do it in French. What are, <laughs> what, what, what's the negative impact if I think my friend may have a tension pneumothorax and I do this procedure, but he actually doesn't? <laughs> he was actually just um, drunk. He actually just, like, knocked the wind out of himself or something. Yeah, well, you probably won't have a friend anymore. But <laughs> um, Got it, got it. But, but no, I mean, you know, typically, typically um, you'll create a pneumothorax. So you would now create a pneumothorax if there wasn't one there. Um, you know, we sometimes in trauma, like if a patient comes in and they've, um, you know, have chest wall trauma and they're just unresponsive and they're crashing and they're, um, we tend, we sometimes will even just put needles on both sides of the chest just to, as a, you know, a, a last resort kind of um, last ditch effort kind of thing. So, yeah, that was my question. I feel like this would be a last ditch, last resort yep. kind of thing. Yeah, typically. Mm -hmm. So, Kip, I don't think this is exactly the same, but I'm, I'm kind of curious if from a technique perspective, this um, video I'm going to pop up here is the one is similar to um, <clears throat> that procedure we just saw. On my way. Quit fucking around and give her the shot. Come on. Yeah, see, this is, uh, that's what I was thinking. Take off her shirt oh, and find her heart. Yeah, it's a little different. Um, they're giving an intercardiac. Exactly. Yeah, it's about the same spot, though, right? A little different. Um, because they're going right, to give it. Right, what I need is a big, fat magic marker. A little different spot. You got it? A magic marker. A felt pen. A fucking black magic marker. It's always good to mark the spot, though, right? Hurry up. Fuck. Okay, okay. I think it's ready. Now we're talking about markers in our So this is the technique part here, right, kids? Straight to her heart, but she's got a breast plate. You got to pierce through that. So what you got to do is you got to stab her three times. No, you don't got to fucking stab her three times. You got to stab her once, but it's got to be hard enough to get through her breast plate into her heart. All right, and then once you do that, you press down on the plunger. Okay, then what happens? I'm curious about that myself. That's the best line in the movie. Curious about that myself. Alright, count the truth. Ready? Oh, 
Three. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> so typically, after you do decompress that tension pneumothorax, you do get that rush of air, and usually, again, the patient does respond pretty quickly. Yeah. They may not jump up and walk around with a needle in their chest, but um, <laughs> they don't how, will respond. How often... Do you have to actually do that <clears throat> for, I mean, just that. like once a month, once a week, once a year. Oh no, no, it, it, it's very, like I said, for me, for the tension pneumothorax, I've had like three in 25 years. Oh, okay. So it's, it's a very low, low event. Now it may happen more often, like in the field, like in the, the EMS guys are going to be probably more often doing this. Okay. Um, and then some of the trauma centers. Um, so for some of the other ER doctors that do more trauma might have higher frequency. Okay. So, and like you were saying, I think one of the points that you were making in the, uh, Badlands, uh, incident was you said you wanted to make sure that the paramedics knew how to do that procedure just in case. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So, so it's not, not all paramedics are, are the, are trained the same. There's some that are EMTs and some that are paramedics and the EMTs typically aren't trained in needle decompression, whereas the paramedics are. Yeah. Kip, is it safe to say that for what we saw in Pulp Fiction that now has been replaced by Narcan? Is that, is that what typically now people are doing just to, and is that, is that just something you shoot in the nozzle? In your nose, yeah. Yeah, so so Narcan, um, and it sounds like a, another podcast event, but um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, Nar- Narcan can be given intranasally. It can be given um, IV. It, okay. it can be given IM, which is intramuscular, and it can also be given IO, which is intraosseous. So, so since so few people listen to the podcast, I'm actually comfortable saying this so jenny has methadone as one of her prescribed stuff and for years and years and years but she's required every time every so many months they send her a new or narcan just in case because i guess anybody who's getting that as a prescription has to has to have that so hey if we're you know around if people are out here and we ever need narcan it's really close by <laughs> it's uh um, we did it we had a uh yesterday was it what's today sunday so thursday or friday we had a, uh, a, just a random uh, police pullover and the guy ended up having 5,000 fentanyl pills in the backseat of his car. It's like, holy crap. These people are insane. And that scares the crap out of the cops, right? Because that stuff yeah. is so nasty. If they, There's actually a video if you um, have to find it. It's um, San Diego. It was a San Marcos sheriff who they had pulled a guy over and they like opened his car up and there was fentanyl on the surfaces of stuff. And he just went down like a sack of bricks on the pavement. Young guy, 20 some years old. It's just, it's just crazy. And, and Narcan saved his life for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's been stories of that, that people, yeah. First responders, you know, getting exposed to opiate uh, to the point where they become unresponsive. All right. Well, that was, that, that's an amazingly great feature. Um, and I think there's like a major grizzly factor that could come in good when we actually go YouTube. Um, 
But next next uh, road trip, I'll bring I'll bring some decompression needles so just, <laughs> just in, in case, case. <laughs> we can practice on each other. I think the, I think the trip to the murder cabin that may be required. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank, an old man said to me, won't see another one, and then I sang a song, the rare old mountain dew, I turned my face away. Dreamed about you God on the lucky one Came in like ten to one I've got a feeling This year is for me and you So happy Christmas I love you baby I can see a better time When all our dreams come true
All right, well, we should move into briefly, because I don't really want to talk very much soccer. It was not a good week, um, but uh, Glenn's favorite feature. But why don't we, uh, why don't we kick it off with Mike T's uh, most sallow moment. Yeah, Mike T's Mohamed Salah regret of the week. Yeah. As well, Linton. Shelby. And Sadio Mane goes in. And it's going to come to Salah. There's another record. He just keeps on breaking them, and he's always the first to respond when there's a ball loose inside the opposition penalty area. I love that another record. There's another record, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Why is it always a record? Is he every time he scores, he's he just he's already beyond the record? Oh yeah, I, I don't even know what it is now, but he's, he probably has like. 15. Um, I think it. I think in that case, it was consecutive points. Games with a point. I think he's tied oh. with Jamie Vardy or something for he, his because he set the goal record, but then he didn't score a few weeks back. Yeah, but he's but still been getting assists. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I don't think. I, but I don't. I think that ended today. I don't think he got anything today. Yeah. So that was a great game. <clears throat> yeah, Tot- that was two-two, right? Yeah, Tottenham should have scored six or seven goals in that game. Yeah. That was the best game I've seen them play all year. And there yeah. goes Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they had like three offsides, so I got like three points total on there. They had two offsides in like the first three minutes. Yeah, I only had, I think I got 11 out of uh, Liverpool. Now, all these games are going to be played at some point or no? I don't know. I mean, I, I, the Premier League's coming is, is that I, they, have a, they have a meeting tomorrow. Um, and they're going to do something, I guess, announce something with the schedule. Um, I think they will be. And that's what I was trying to, I was, I outsmarted myself, which is stupid because I'm not that smart to begin with. It's hard to do. Yeah. I outsmarted myself because I was like, Oh, I can borrow some points by dropping this guy who I never had and picking up this guy who's going to play. And meanwhile, the guy that I dropped, he was in red when I dropped him and ended up starting again two goals. In the first, like, (laughs) ten minutes. Yeah. (laughs) So I lost out on 24 points because I was trying to be smart. Yeah. Jerry killed it. I mean, 94 points with all those lost games. I mean, if it had been a full weekend, he would have had, like, 150. Hey, like I, I looked at his team, I was like, everybody's in green. How the fuck is he getting everybody in green? Well, and then, Pat, you had the fortune of a yellow card. I don't know if you, you didn't see it, so the Robertson got a yellow card. Um, yeah. And then they VAR'd it into a straight red. So yeah. so you're going to lose him for three games, but you got a bunch of points out of him. But a bunch of points, yeah. And he scored a goal. Well, well the good news, yeah, and the, but the good news is there is that I have, I have his backup from the beginning of the season because he was so off and on in those first couple of games. So him being out, I still have his backup. You know, I think that why, now that I've watched all these games, you know, I, I think, Kip, you have the best player in, in soccer that I've in that league is Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. That guy is insane with his, especially his ability to volley. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, and as a defenseman, I mean, he's he puts it on net, and it's it's like almost always going in. He's... He is a good player. I mean, the the shot that he took that didn't score was amazing because it came across and he just out of the air. And I don't, you know, I don't know. It's hard to tell whether these guys know what they're doing because it's so fast. But it was 
underneath the defender. He was only eight or 10 yards out. It was underneath the defender and, and then off the ground and the goalie made a crazy great save off his like shin or his knee. Um, but that guy is so much fun to watch because, I mean, it sucks because it's like, oh, fuck, there's more points for Kip. But right. it's like every time he touches the ball on the offensive side of center, he's getting a cross or a shot block or something. It's just great. Yeah, it's, it's fun to watch these players. I mean, and, start, and getting to know them now, um, mm-hmm. I think next season is going to be so much more interesting for a draft because we're all going to know yeah. these players so much better. It's going to be not a guesswork. So, Well, and also the strategy of the week-to-week here, particularly at this time of the year, where you're just trying to get players in and, and make sure that you're getting points from something. Yeah. And like you said, sometimes you aren't smart yourself because they may come in as a sub yep. and then actually do really well. Like oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that Smith Rowe came in um, as yeah. a sub and, and scored a goal right in like in the last few minutes. So I think that's the mistake I made. I dropped guys and picked up guys looking for guys who were starting that were marginal guys. <clears throat> You know, once yeah. they announced it, and you know, you, you can do that more on the first day than you can the second day because obviously the guys that were the day before you can't swap them out. But um, yeah, but look at uh, Pat, thirty-seven yeah. points from Andrew Robertson. Gotta love yeah. that. And he deserved that red card. That was nasty what he did. <laughs> but that's a nice line: goal, assist, red card. Yeah, that's a Gordy Howell. It is. Yeah. That's a Gordy Hal 37, however you want to call it. <laughs> Did I see a stat? Speaking of the Gordy Hal hat trick, did I see a stat that he had like three of those in an entire career? <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's a legend more than it's a reality. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. See, Glenn's I worry about the hockey and Glenn's not here. He really doesn't like soccer, does he? No, he doesn't like soccer. So there's quite the bottom at, battle at the bottom there. Uh, Death Nell and Man I Suck have uh, closed within four <laughs> points of each other. Uh-huh. I, I got to say real quick, unrelated, uh, but but t- tying back to Glenn and our trip back in April, uh, our my beloved Pitt female uh, or women's volleyball team lost in the Final Four to Nebraska, which then lost in the championship to Wisconsin. So it wasn't quite the same as Stumler. Back in April, but uh, Pitt made the Final Four for the first time ever. Nice, good on good on Pitt. Yeah, yeah. So Jerry's up to uh, second in points per game after this week. Gonna watch him. He, I mean, he moved from like ninth to fifth quickly. Yeah, I, I you know, we're only, you know, it's funny. Um, so next week's week ten of MHL and week nineteen of. MPL, which is the halfway point for both. So both, yeah, yeah. next next week's podcast can be uh, mid-season grades for everybody. Could be a fun podcast. But I think for Canada would be third then, right? Because we're be uh, Moncton is eight hundred one. Yep. Jerry is seven ninety two, and we're seven seventy two. But look at those games played. Literally twenty four behind. You, Jack. Yep. And and thirty one behind Dave. Dave still has the most. Yeah, since 31. since since Dave's not here, we should talk about how his team's in free fall. 
Six, I guess him 24 points. He's, yeah. he's, you know, he's now he's, he's sort of uh, on a points per game, barely above uh, the old boys, right? One one hundredth yeah. of a point above the old boys. He's getting into death now. Um, points <laughs> per game range. It's a fun. I like I like the cumulative nature of the. I think it's the, the best way to do this league. I think yeah. head to head would be tough. I like uh, that. Agree. And I, 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 and I think the fact that now that there's there's more than half the leagues within a hundred points is yeah. fun. Yeah. But yeah, you're you're. How did Jack? How did like? What are you doing that you're just pulling ahead of everybody? Well, not anymore. Everybody I caught mean, up to me this week. I was yeah. up like eighty going into this weekend, so everybody made ground up on me this weekend. Kip had his Kip had his finger on it. I uh, I, I do well on the uh, on the bad behavior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm leading the league in yellow cards, and, and third in the league in red cards. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Pat sees the benefit of getting a red card from a not a, yeah. a if you can get a red card from a non-critical player, that's awesome. Yeah, well, that's I I go back to and I understand that we did that last year as a one-off for uh, the COVID season with the MHL, but it's like yellow cards and red cards aren't good. Like they, <laughs> they're not helping your team. Why are we? Why are we? Why are we? Uh, I don't know. Re- rewarding. Yeah. Well, that game to that Liverpool Tottenham game had a ton of cards today. Yeah. There were a ton yeah. of cards in that game. I, I do like the points. Maybe for next year, we consider just lowering the points a little bit. Um, that might be something to look at just to not reward them too much, but the cards. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, I think we've got a, I, I was going to actually, because since we'll be at the halfway point next year, I was going to send a thing out to everybody and say, okay, now that we're halfway through and we're learning all this, there's there's clearly issues on the on the team scoring. Yeah. Um, when when a team loses, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what uh, what uh, Leeds had when they lost seven nothing, but they got positive points losing seven nothing, and then they led the league in scoring among teams. Getting yeah. crushed this week, so we—I mean, we've clearly got an issue there. It's—it's, it's, you know, I, the question there is saves, right? It's the bad teams give up shots on target, so then they get points for saves. That's—that's that's really the, the Which, crux of it. I, I think saves are fine, um, but also on the offensive side, we could give points to teams for corners. Because if, if you earn a corner, you're earning a corner it's because you've been positive on the offensive side. And it doesn't need to be an individual score, but it could be a team score. You earned a corner. I think the question, well, no, I, th- I, th- I think the question we have to think about is, uh, do, we, do we bring goalies in as a position? And then take the save piece out of that. So then, so then, if you want to take a goalie on a bad team, you give yeah. them points for save, but you take away points for goals against. Yeah. Um, though in soccer, so many of the way. so many of the goals are not the goalie's fault. That you know, it's just. But, and then limit the teams to, I don't know, the offsides and the possession and maybe goals against for wins and losses. But I don't want to do wins and losses because the best teams will just get more points. Yeah. I, I think I think uh, possession 
offsides as a detractor, but also to, 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 I guess, offset the offside, you can do corners because teams that are positive in possession earn more corners. Maybe we should make own goals more penalty, you know, more painful. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> That's a painful one. <laughs> the, the, on the, uh, the team players or the uh, individual players, I think the other thing we want to look at maybe is like a shot on goal and an assist is the same amount of points. I think, um, you know, an assist yeah. would be a little higher than, than a shot on goal. But I agree, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so there's definitely some some uh, tweaking we can do, but all in all, this is still so much fun. Yeah, it it is, Glenn. Glenn, this is very much fun. You should it's join. Very much fun. <laughs> so, well, no, that's not. Well, no, a sister, a sister worth five, so twenty eight. So oh, are they? Yeah, so twenty eight to one forty. Okay. Whereas, because you got the top on both, you're you're dom- So you've got twenty eight. Assists for 140 points and 110 shots on target for 220, so it's five and two. Okay. Oh, sorry. I, did. I I thought I looked at it and it was the same, but that's that's cool. That that works then. Yeah, I mean, I I actually think the 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 offensive piece of our scoring is okay. Um, yeah. I think that. I think it's the team piece of it that is. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that. Leeds should lose what it was four to one, whatever it was, and get twenty seven <laughs> points. Yeah. I mean, and it was all. Be- I mean, I mean they're a bizarre team because they had more than fifty percent possession and eight or nine saves and no offsides. <laughs> right, and they lost. Yeah, yeah, they got. So I mean, I guess that's the you know that's the tricky part because you because it you just the best possession teams are always winning for the most part. So you're just giving them more points and making that disparity bigger. So that's that's always the tricky part. We tried to do that with COVID last year and not give when we changed the goalie stuff. It was to not give, make them too good because the best goalies are already the best goalies. Um, but I do think that maybe thinking about bringing goalies in as a position, and then because the saves is what's really creating points. I mean, 65 saves for 195. So. But you're getting three points per save. And some of the yeah. saves suck. I mean, some of them are awesome, but some of them suck. And, and look at, honestly, Jack, just keep it right there. And you see you're number one in time of possession. I'm number two. And you're worst in saves. And I'm second worst. Right, because, I mean, I get one, I get maybe two saves at best from Man right. City. Because they've got the ball the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's what was that was pissing me off. And, you know, like six or seven, eight weeks ago, they kept going offsides. I was like, "Fuck!" It doesn't matter if I have seventy percent possession if they're offsides three times a game. I'm getting nothing out of them. But that kind of ended. So, anyway, I think that's the key. I think that's the question: is the team scoring's definitely effed up? And then, um, and I agree, Mike. If I mean giving points for corner kicks is probably worth it. But I do think that's still going to benefit the best teams more than the marginal teams. But that's fine, though, because the best teams don't make as many saves. Right. So at least they're being rewarded on the offensive side and not penalized by 
not doing something on the defensive side. That's interesting. So, so here's the, here's the top scoring, right? So sorry about that, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I I think I took man city. I had the fifth pick. I think I took man city with my fifth pick. And our fifth teams are starting to get, Rise to the top, right? They are starting I to, thought, yeah. I it's just Liverpool. not the teams you'd thought, right? Well, no, I other than Liverpool, the seventh or second pick, right? So, I mean, it's it's again, it's it, you know, we, we you know, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out balancing it, and it's not working out. You know, if Leeds was number one in the league, I mean, they're the outlier because they're a bad team scoring a bunch of points because yep. they either have a great goalie, um, um, or they get a ton of possession. But, yeah. it's, but it's not really that. I would say you've got one, two, three, four, five, five teams in the top ten, right? Top nine. That's probably too much. You'd like to have. I mean, if you're setting the league up perfectly, you'd have three forwards, three midfielders, a couple defenders, and a couple teams in the top ten. So we're that's so we're definitely heavy on the scoring on the teams. And and look down here, uh, Bruno Fernandez was the number one overall pick. And he's what sixteenth. More shots at Breedle Fontaine slash bangers and trash. They're just uh, you know they might be doing well and they doing they're getting you know doing well in hockey. But he was the self proclaimed expert in soccer. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me move off of soccer. I think that was the only. I didn't have a play of the week. I, did, I was I was I was very busy. It was a very big orange tree pruning. <laughs> weekend for us. Um, so, yeah, so next week, though, it's halfway point in both legs, which is kind of fun that they happen at the same yeah. time. Are we going to do one of these next week, or is it a holiday break? Uh, I don't work next week, so I can do – I might do a daily one next week, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it is Kwanzaa, so we have to be careful. Yeah, I've seen our demographics of our listeners. I don't think we do. <laughs> <laughs> so pat how's the tournament you managed uh going on replay is it still pretty good uh it's still going yeah they're coming up to the end of the uh end of the broadcast now for the replay okay so you can, t- you can tune in and so so, and, so uh, how do you it. how do you deal with john daly as the winner uh well since we don't have a whole lot of listeners i can tell you that there was talk on saturday about whether or not he would be invited back next year. Oh, wow. Um, and now he is the defending champion. Yeah, so, yeah. So, <laughs> it's going to be, uh, yeah, his, uh, he he can tend to be more trouble than he is worth. Him, not, and I, I will say it's not just him, but his entire family. Um, this is a family event, and a, a lot of these players bring their families and extended families down here for the week. Um, and he has, as we all know, Several um, wives, wives, uh, ex-wives. We'll say at this point, um, and you know his. So he has his girlfriend now, I think, and then he has his latest ex-wife. But then he has another ex-wife who is the actual mother of the son that's playing. Right. Um, so there's just, and then you know they all have their own daughters and other kids, and um, you know they're all kind of at that age that they're becoming their own little personalities. Um, and so one of his daughters or stepdaughters, I don't know where that she fits in, but she wore a shirt all day that says 
John fucking Bailey, like in big block letters. And then the guy, then the guy wins the tournament and she's going up there for the photograph. And they had to tell her to take her shirt, to change her shirt. Like she was going to go on NBC with that on, on camera. How's she not on this podcast right now? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just just insane. And then, and then the, the mother of, of this, of John jr. Who played, like threw a big old hissy fit in the middle of the round yesterday because they blocked off the um, crowd to, to cut in front of one of the tees because Tiger was on the tee. So they were kind of protecting, you know, him from the crowd and they cut her off and she's like, don't you know who I am? And just MFing the volunteers and all this <laughs> bullshit. And it was just, it was just a mess. So, yeah, yeah so the, so that's what kind of created the whole stories about, uh, you know, whether we should invite him back next year, and then uh, then he goes and wins the whole, the whole thing. <laughs> and his son plays for Arkansas? Yeah, he's a freshman at Arkansas, I think. Yeah. He's a pretty good golfer, though. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. He's he's a good golfer. Kip, I feel like that a future Dr. Hogg episode of uh, obese alcohol poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, relates to the sure. John Daly situation. Yeah, no, well, no. yeah to, to that point, there's a there was a, a, an interview with a longtime friend of John Daly's who said he said every time my phone rings after midnight, <laughs> I absolutely think it's someone calling me to tell me that John Daly is dead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, he's oh, probably. He's a good pick for the death pool. I yeah, okay, that came out too. He should be in anybody's death pool. Death pool. So, so Kip actually true. This is honestly, I think, uh, I honestly would love to hear you, uh, share about this. Can you talk about the DTs? <laughs> <laughs> so definitely let's save that for another podcast. Yeah, that's what I think. I think the yeah. Indian lead in will be good trying to get him to pronounce DTs properly because honestly John Daly had the DTs at a tournament in um shit what is it uh Neville uh or Nemecola Nemecola yeah yeah Yeah. the old 84 lumber classic John Daly got the DTs and had to be escorted off the course I was I was told a story about that today the reason the 84 lumber dropped him was that he took off all his clothes, threw them in the tiger cage at the zoo. The tiger ate all the clothes and died. <laughs> yeah. So John Daly killed the tiger in Nemecola, and therefore Joe Hardy decided he could not sponsor John Daly anymore. That makes sense. All right. <laughs> so, so though I've never offered this to Mike... Uh, Pat, you want me to not have that part in the podcast just in case somebody yeah. listens? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it may be safe for that way. Yeah. Uh, just the DT part, not, not all the stuff before that, just the, the, the t-shirt and all that stuff, that's staying in, but the DT yeah. part, maybe that'll come out. The Nemecolon yeah, part yeah, might yeah. come out. That or, I'll, uh, that or I'll bring in some Christmas carol to play just loud enough <laughs> over your voice that if you listen hard enough, you can hear it, but not quite. <laughs> There's got to be a good e- tiger. <laughs> Someone with a tiger out there, right? Yeah, I think I think we should send his daughter a t-shirt that says John John Fuking Daily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be more appropriate. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> that would actually be good. I like that. 
So, Pat, are you still in Florida? It looks like, are you? I am, yeah. I'm still in the, I'm here hotel one more night. Uh, yeah, I'm here one more night. We got some stuff to clean up in the morning and uh, pack up and ship back, and uh, I leave at 2 o'clock tomorrow. But it doesn't get to play the course. But don't get to play the course. <laughs> oh, bummer. Do you get up close and personal to any other, um, you know? Yeah, who's the coolest guy on the, out there? Who's the coolest? Well, you know, well, I won't say the coolest. Oh, there's, there's a lot of these guys that are pretty genuinely are, are pretty nice guys, you know. Um, but you get the guys like Gary Player and Mitch Vino. I mean, they're both eighty plus years old. I think Gary Player's eighty six, and he's still out there. Yeah, Lee Trevino. There's he's players still out there running around and jumping off tee boxes and stuff like that. Uh, so they're you know they're pretty good. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I don't I don't get a whole lot of uh, interaction with the, with the players. They kind of keep to themselves and their families and stuff. So, um, but most of them seem like pretty pretty decent guys. So is Dave texting you? Hey, I'm next to so and so. Hey, I'm next to so and so. Is it like kind of? No, I see. Yeah, Dave, I let just kind of run by himself and do whatever he wants. Um, and he, he gets his media pass and he can, you know, go places that, that I can't necessarily go. So, um, no, he, he does his, he does his thing. So since Dave is not on the podcast now, are you more important than him? Or I think you turn the volume up a little bit to make sure we me, catch that answer. At this event, uh, I would say yes. So hold on, Kip's like Dave's not on the podcast, but Dave can listen to the podcast. Yes. <laughs> I, I think he would agree with me, though. <laughs> I love it. All right, we'll give the give the scenario where he's more important. Oh, I think any any events or any video that he's doing with any of those corporate events that he has to shoot um, the boring stuff with the executives and stuff like that. I mean, that's important okay. for him. Um, but here, yeah, here, yeah. And he will, he will admit also, um, that a lot of the stuff that he shoots for us, we don't, ex- that don't necessarily use. Yeah. Unlike this podcast so, where we pretty much use everything we say. Everything. Yeah, exactly. Pat, and, and this is a little inside PNC baseball, but who does the, you know, up on the booth, uh, or up on the tower, like, is it Rob Riley or who, who's the PNC person who goes up and talks to Dan Hicks. Uh, uh, yeah, it's Steve Sands for our tournament, but it's, uh, okay. it's uh, Rob Riley is the face of the PNC championship for, yeah. for PNC. Rob's a good yeah. dude. I like yeah, Rob. He's, he's, a, he's a good dude. He probably played the course. Yeah, yeah he, play, he played in the Pro-Am. He played with Tiger on, uh, on Friday. No shit. Yeah, second year, second year in a row. Yeah. So yeah, if we can, as long as we can keep Tiger going, the uh, the profile of this tournament has significantly increased in the past two years. And you know, you don't root for a guy to have a car accident and wreck his leg, but if if he's going to do it and he wants to make his comeback at the uh, PNC Championship every year, that's that works for us. How old is this kid? Sure. Charlie is fourteen now. No, okay. no, he's only twelve. Or, or, no, he was twelve when he first started. Maybe 13, either thirteen yeah. or fourteen. Yeah. What's his name's kid? Stenson's kid's eleven, and he played. Stenson's kid was the youngest. Yeah. yeah, I guess my point is he's getting ready to go to high school. Then, yes, he couldn't play in the pro am on Thursday because Charlie was still in school and they couldn't get down here for the Thursday pro am. It'll be interesting to see if he uh, if he's develops and becomes pro. 
Yeah, he's it, got it, the it, swing it, for it, it for well. sure. I mean, if you look at the, if you ever get a chance to see any of the footage of this, and they compare Tiger swing, and yeah, Tiger no, swing, it's crazy side by side. They're yeah. exactly the same. Yep. Yeah, the mannerisms, everything. I agree. And the, like, and the kid can hit shots under pressure. Maybe he doesn't realize he's under pressure, but he is right. making putts and hitting shots. Not every time, but more so than any of the rest of us, for sure. Yeah, he's, he's definitely better than all of us, that's for sure. Yeah, yes. I did a fact check, Pat. He is born in 2009, age 12. 12? Hey, Charlie. Holy crap. Yep. So he's got a ways to go then. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> What's that, seventh grade? Sixth grade? Yeah, seventh is typical, right? <clears throat> wow. Just gotta shield them from the hookers. I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> don't go. Don't follow Dad on the bus don't after teach, the don't, game. Don't, 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 don't teach him everything, you know. <laughs> Pain Maybe killers. he doesn't like pancakes. Come on. Painkillers, porn stars. Yeah, keep Try, driving too fast. <laughs> uh, that's wrong. Here's a little Christmas card for you from us, shall we? Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you.